In this podcast episode, I sit down with Vince Luciani of The Legacy Coaching, and I loved this conversation so much. He and I are so much on the same wavelength. We were talking about the same concepts, same topics, all in the name of helping athletes find more self-love, more self-compassion, so that they can feel better about themselves, not only within the sport, but without the sport as well. And he is really helping athletes understand that everything that they want can be found without external achievements. And that once we really detach our need to control outcomes like winning, we can actually access these flow states and perform at a higher level by already knowing that we're already worthy and loved, which is all we're ever really going for anyway. So I love this conversation. I could talk about this stuff all day. But why I love what he's doing so much is because he's taking athletes, I mean football players, mind you, to do this inner work and to go inward. And legacy coaching helps you create that self-definition and find that love so that you're not seeking it outside of yourself. And I believe once you do that, you're actually able to reach your peak performance because you're surrendering into your greatness. You're not forcing it. And by harnessing that self-worth and self-love, you can perform at a higher level without having all the pressure to need to win in order to get those things. So obviously we go kind of deep in this conversation, but I really, really see the work that he's doing as revolutionary. I do see sports going this direction. I know for myself, since doing this energy work and consciousness work on myself, I am a different athlete. My body has never felt better. I recover faster. I perform with more joy, with more happiness, but also with more focus. And I'm at a different place physically, mentally, and emotionally just by doing this consciousness work and this inner work. So I know firsthand the value in it. I know how it can affect my game physically, not only just mentally and emotionally. So I really, really see this as the future of training for athletes. I see a lot of athletes and teams incorporating this work because not only are we looking at performance, but we're setting athletes up for success after their sport, which is what we should be doing anyway. So I love this conversation with Vince, and I would love to hear from you. If you got anything out of this conversation, please leave a review or find either of us and let us know. We would love to chat. All righty. Without further ado, here we are, Vince Luciani. to have Vince Luciani of Legacy Coaching on the podcast today. Vince is a former football player and football coach turned award-winning life coach and speaker now guiding athletes through self-discovery which I think is the coolest freaking thing ever. So I am so excited to chat with you more and learn more about how you got into this, what got you what inspired you to help athletes in this way because i don't think a lot of people are doing it for sure yeah I, I, that's a smooth intro i like that you should you should come with me before my talks <laughs> gladly like yeah. um what inspired it basically like my whole life i i was always an athlete i always defined myself as an athlete and then i rarely looked underneath my titles I, I never understood who I was without all of those things um, and so I just like I think when I really crashed when I uh, when someone asked me who are you beyond what you do like it it, it shattered me because I didn't know who I was beyond what I did and I, I just in that moment I realized two things the power of a question because she didn't tell me she wasn't like Vince you're not what you do, you're this. She just asked me. And so it sparked the um, introspection. And then number two was um, the, what did it teach? (laughs) The first was the the power of a question. And then the second was um, the fact that uh, uh, she gave me space to come up with it on my own. Um, So those two things together, I was like, well, I never really got that in my time as an athlete and as a coach. 
someone to sit with me and just like be okay with me trying to figure out the answer rather than giving me the answer. Because if you think of you know our, our process as an athlete, it's usually a coach to athlete, and then it's like, here's the answer, here's the answer, let's move forward. And that's we need that. That's not, I'm not saying that that's wrong. Um, it's really important for us to give athletes the space to discover these things for themselves um, before it's, uh, yeah, you know what, before it's too late, before it leads into the depression and anxiety, um, you know, even, even suicide that you're hearing about now. Um, but it's, it's really important that um, we start to get athletes to look inwards because um, so often we rely on our coaches for the answers, our parents for the answers. Um, and then when it's time for us to, to look for them ourselves, it's, it's very difficult relying on it yeah from others totally and you make such a good point that usually and you know we're talking about athletes but this is probably true for everyone that we're not given space and we're not asked these questions to have some self-reflection and I love that that sparked all of this for you someone just asking asking you who are you outside of being an athlete that's an amazing that's an amazing story and that you must have already been open to going there with yourself in that moment because a lot of people would hear that and go I don't know and then move on go order a sandwich and be on with their day but for you to be open and willing to hear that question have a deep dive on yourself which a lot of people that's kind of a scary thing for a lot of people to do of course yeah so I mean that's pretty incredible that you all of this sparked through one question that's amazing but what an important question for a lot of people that we often don't we're not asked 100 percent, 100 percent. and yeah it's i I think it's i think it's important too because the the thing that you can ask the question but then not give the space right you can be Mm -hmm. like where are you beyond what you do great move on right but i like i remember it was my manager at lululemon who asked me and when she asked me she like looked into my eyes and she accepted whatever came out like it wasn't she didn't judge me she didn't um you know she didn't challenge me she just sat there with me and i think that's the really important piece to this because like it yeah you can ask the questions all you want but if you don't um allow any response to come out then it's it's gonna stay in you know like nobody's gonna want to get it out yeah yeah I think that is huge creating space and having the ability to also hold space for other people to go there is is such a such an important thing right now for people because a lot of people don't have people to talk to they don't have any space to feel to go vulnerable or feel vulnerable and allow themselves to explore these questions and the fact that you're getting athletes to do it is really crazy especially football teams i want to know how you're taking a group of gigantic men to be vulnerable (laughs) that is incredible how are you creating that space and holding that space and facilitating this vulnerability with these men it's amazing yeah i think i think the number one thing is to first be vulnerable myself um it's very easy to for people to come in back hey can you be vulnerable for me please but it's one of those things you don't need to say it, right? You just need to be it. And so for me, the way I lead everything is when I, you know, so for the people listening, like what I do is I take athletes and, and teams through these guided written exercises um, that help them define answers to life's big questions. Like, who are you? What is your purpose? Um, you know, what's my inner dialogue? All these different things. And I simplify it in such a way where a seven-year-old can go through it and a pro athlete can go through the exact same exercise. Like it's just, it's very basic. But it's, it's the process that's really important. And in that process, it's, it's really important for me to express my own deep, truthful, raw answers in those questions. Because if I don't go there, they're not going to go there. And so I have to be very real. And it's, it's kind of fun for me, too, because every time I do the session, I try to give out different answers so that's fresh for me as well. Um, but it's important for them to know... Um, that you know I sat in their seats as a varsity athlete and then as a coach um, and I've experienced these things because as soon as you say that you know it's like I always say it's like truth recognizes truth right Mm -hmm. so if you as soon as someone says something that you can relate to boom your heart is connected by that thread and so 
uh, I just try to really um, allow myself to be open. And I know that the more open I am, the more open they will be. And also celebrating vulnerability is I would have noticed is really important because it's very easy for someone to go, um, you know, like I have a tough time doing this. And then you just kind of move, move on with it. But if you like really like acknowledge them for that, because mm-hmm. if you think about it, I, you know, and we've talked about this before, it's like why, why we all play, why we all do everything that we do is for love. It's for validation, it's for acknowledgement, recognition, all those things. And sometimes we're attached to, um, you know, only when I play well, I get this uh, acknowledgement, I get this recognition. But if we can give athletes that recognition when they give those deep, raw, truthful statements, expressions, then that's that's a, that's a form of unconditional love, because they know when when they um, when they express their deepest darkest things that they're still accepted. That's unconditional love, and so it's really that's another really important phase to this is when I'm with a team um, and someone goes deep and someone goes even dark sometimes. I always tell them it's like whatever comes out, it comes out. Acknowledging them for that because that is and what starts to happen. You notice it with kids more so than. Um, college and pro athletes but it's uh, as soon as like one kid um, expresses the, vul- the vulnerability and you acknowledge them for it all the other kids are like well I want to be acknowledged so then they start expressing it and it becomes almost a competition of vulnerability but they don't realize that while they're doing that the walls are coming down mm-hmm. and so it, it's, it's, it's just very interesting because every group is different I could never tell someone how to exactly do it like you need to feel out the room the way you know trusting your own intuition but um i think th- those those elements are really important of creating space um acknowledging them for expressing and and just being present you know because i could easily you know wander off and not even you know not even look at them when they're answering and then they're not gonna they're not gonna want to express um anything but it's important to just be locked in absolutely and any great teacher as yourself embodies the work that they're teaching and clearly you're doing that and you've done you've done a lot of the work that you're teaching which I think is really really important and that's probably step one in facilitating a space like that yeah that's that's the key that's the hardest part right because I have to have my own coach I have to go through my own work and somebody said something to me the other day where it's like the best coaches come into their sessions with the least amount of um, oh I forget how they said it but it was basically like uh, the least of amount of stuff from your own life that you can come into a session with the better of a coach you are because the whole idea is like I don't want my stuff to influence their their space right I want it to be their space right and for me to do that and for me to give unconditional space I need to give myself unconditional space right so yeah you have to go through the work yeah, and that's why I always tell coaches, it's like, it, you can't not do the work yourself and then go in and tell your athletes to do the work. Well, right, right. That's what I was just going to say. How important do you think it is for coaches to be doing this work with their teams and having them be vulnerable? I mean, there, it's got to be a huge difference in how that play, that your work plays out if the coach is participating or not. Le- you know, the leadership. <laughs> Absolutely, and I, you know, I've, I've mentioned this on my um, social media before. I, I've done sessions with teams where the coaches don't participate, mm. and what that does is all the athletes are like, "Well, why should I open up? Why should I share?" But then I've been in ones where the the coaches are are participating and sharing, and all the kids are just opening up, yeah. and it's so clear because you know that they look up to these coaches, so whatever they do. They, whatever they embody, the kids are going to embody. Right. And so it's it, it's so important for coaches to be open to this. And you know what? It's a big ego check for someone for sure. to come. For you know, I go work with a coach who's fifty years old, and they got a, a guy who's thirty two who's going, "Hey, can you open up for like, if you're in here, you're going to be a part of the session." And for them to go, "Okay, fine. That's you have to open the doors. Like that's that's literally checking your ego." And so. It's hard, but I really acknowledge and admire the coaches who do do that. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's so impactful. And as you know, it, it's not so much what coaches tell their athletes. It's it's who they're being when they tell them to do those things. That's what rubs off on the athletes. 
It's so true. It's so true. And just, you know, to throw a little science in there, you know, the idea of mirror neurons where we're always reflecting back the qualities that were the qualities of the people that were around the most. It's kind of the idea that you are the five people that you surround yourself with. That's because we have mirror neurons. So you're always trying to match what is in front of you, especially if there's somebody in front of you who you're trying to be like or who you want to emulate. So it, it makes total sense, not not only emotionally or mentally, but literally, physically, what's going on inside of us. It makes total sense that the coach should be able to go there and open that up for their players. But you're right. I can only imagine there's probably few coaches that will do it. But hopefully, as your work grows and expands, they'll start to understand the real value in it. And, you know, just the idea that, I mean, segueing a little bit into this idea that how important do you think it is for athletes to detach from their achievements and detach a little bit of their identity, maybe from just being an athlete? How important do you think that is? Yeah, it's it's extremely important. Um, And something before I even get into into this, I think it's really important to, for, for people listening, it's not. When, when, when I talk about detachment, it's not not caring about that thing. Mm-hmm. It's knowing that that outcome, that thing, means nothing about you as a human being. Because what happens is when we attach ourselves to something, whether it's our partner, whether it's you know a relationship, an outcome, a game, whatever it is, when that, when that thing that we're attached to goes up and believes we're of high value, that means we're of high value. And the second it goes down, like we lose a game or our partner's mad at us, we believe we're, we're worth nothing. That's attachment. When something else dictates your, your inner value. What's really important is for athletes to detach from that, I believe it's the process of self-definition. When you define your own value, you directly detach from needing something else to define your value. And what I'm learning throughout this whole process is athletes aren't given the space to define their own value. That's why they, we, hang on to external outcomes. And this isn't like, I'm not sitting here perfect. Like, there's always work to be done. Like, there's always times where, like, something I do or something I'm, I'm connected to determines how I feel about myself. It's the awareness that's the key piece. Um, and it just you just keep learning and you just keep growing. But it's so important for athletes because when you are detached but still connected to an outcome – you're completely in, you know, what you would call flow state, mm-hmm. right? It's it's knowing that what you're like, you can't control all the variables around you, but you can control you. And so that's what's really important about this is, you know, like I believe all these exercises that I do, it's like mindfulness on paper, where you dump everything out, you're aware of everything, and then you zoom in on the one thing that you can control. And you're like, oh, oh, that makes it so simple. I've never thought about that. It's just like meditation where you have all these thoughts going on and then you're like, oh, but I'm just going to focus on my breath. Yeah. It's, it's, I believe it's the same thing. And because what we're all getting to here, it's like how, you know, what everyone is getting to in life right now is like being more present, yeah. enjoying life, you know, optimizing performance, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the, the best way to do that is to understand what you can control and what you can't control. And it's, it really brings you to that, to that moment. And I know, you know, we've talked about this and I think it's, it's so important for athletes to continue to practice that because when the sport is gone, still having that tool to be able to optimize your life, regardless of what that is afterwards. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the art of surrendering. You know, it's a Buddhist practice, but bring, you're bringing it down in such a grounded way so well for athletes because you're right, detaching your need to win or your need to control your wins, if, if athletes and coaches just knew what that actually would do to optimize your performance... They would probably buy into it a lot faster. For sure. And I'm sure they will, again, as this starts, this conversation starts to expand out into the culture, which I strongly believe it will. If they just knew that that is the secret, (laughs) releasing the need to win or the need to control the outcome is the secret, in my opinion. I know for me, 
It is the thing that I think stopped me from winning a lot of matches because I was just white knuckling the crap out of matches and needing to win because I was I was attaching my self worth completely into whether I was going to win or lose. And I put so much pressure on myself. And that's what that does. When you, when you go out onto the field or the court and you think I've got to win this match, this is it. This is everything. I mean, you've got a thousand bricks on your shoulders. How in the world are you going to access your flow state or reach a peak performance when you need to do it or you've got the mentality yes. that it's an all or nothing thing there's just no way it's so much pressure it's crazy so what what i love about what you said and i always help athletes dissect this what that pressure of like needing to win i always get them to write down okay what for everyone listening i would encourage them to do this too what's the thing you want most if it's a win write down a win what do you get when you win from others not from you from others and it's like acknowledgement, recognition, all these different things. And it, it comes differently for everybody. Some people, it could be vocal. Some people, it could be like, you know, my, my parents talk to me more when I win, uh, which is very sad, but true, right? And uh, there could be like, oh, my friends, are like, you know, I get promoted on social media, whatever it may be. And then it's like, okay, what is the core? Like, what do you end up believing of yourself when you get all those things? And then it's something like, I am loved or I'm accepted or, you know, I am enough. And the whole idea is going, okay, when you need that, that means you don't have that. That means you don't believe that right now. And so that's this whole process of just taking yourself to the end and yes. then going, oh, but it's actually within my control right now. Yes. And that's coming from fulfillment rather than emptiness. Mm-hmm. Because if I need happiness, that means I'm not happy. If I need love, it means I don't have love. If I need money, it means I don't have money. <laughs> that's, it just keeps coming back to that. And so... The idea is what um, the things that we want the most will show us our greatest opportunities for com- self-completion. And that's why it's so important to do that self-awareness work where it's like, yeah, why do I care so much? Why do I white knuckle my way through a match? Mm-hmm. Because that thing at the end is the thing that <laughs> you really want, you know? And It's the- so true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that's so funny. I do it almost an identical exercise with clients where you know let's say a client wants to lose weight and I'm having them identify what are the emotions that you're going to feel when you're in your ideal body and I have them visualize the body get into the body feel it and then just start to list out what emotions are coming up while you're while you're in that body and usually it's empowered confident happy joy so I just have them make a list of all the emotions and say, okay, what activities could you do on a daily basis that will activate those emotions? Because clearly that's what you're going after anyway. And generally when you, when you get those emotions, you're gonna follow that, you're gonna, your action steps are going to follow what's gonna get you to that result anyway. But if you just harness those emotions and you feel worthy and you feel love, it's nothing else matters that's what we're all yes. going for anyway a hundred percent that i i love that so much because one of the analogies i use is you are either a screen or a projector and a screen is what happens to you that, that's your reality so when i win I, oh i'm good enough when i lose i'm not good enough or you're a projector you create your own reality and the best part with that is when you reconfigure your projector what you see now reflects what, what you believe. Yes. So if you, if you start to go, I am enough, I'm worthy, I, everything you see outside of yourself now will reflect that belief. But when it doesn't, you are at the mercy of everything outside of you. You're just waiting for someone to go, I believe in you. And you're like, oh, thanks. Yeah. A little- yes. Gosh, that's so true. That's so true. You're speaking my language here. But you know that that's living an empowered state because now you're taking full responsibility for everything that happens in your life even the things that are seemingly negative or are not going in your in your favor you can take a step back and take that third person perspective and either say all right that's fine i'm going to keep on moving or is there any lessons that i can learn from this and it, when it, you're able to detach yourself and have that projector mentality you can see you have more awareness around what's going on and you can start to see your life as okay 
I know that everything's happening for me now. So even when the, you know, I'm in the traffic jam or whatever, or I lost this match, okay, if I have the mentality that it's happening for me, what can I gain from it? You, you get out of victim mode. Yes. And more into it. No, I'm a, I'm a creator of my reality and I'm a creator of my life no matter what happens outside. It's an yeah, empowered yeah. state. That's it. Uh, that's responsibility versus blame, really. Right. You know, it's just that, that which is massive, massive for athletes. Totally. You know, it's it's because um, when you're when you're blaming, you're literally pointing at the person that has power in your life. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, it, it, the more you direct it out, the less power you have. But it's, it's so the, the true. most empowered athletes, you know, are the ones like, yes, I did this that led me to this that led this to happen, and I can do better next time. Absolutely, and oh, it makes your wins. The weather <laughs> was because of Johnny. Right. Said that, yeah, yeah. But it it's so easy to go into the blame game. So easy because yeah. you're trying to find something some excuse rather than just looking at yourself and saying what what am i needing out of this really ultimately um but again you're taking your power away from yourself in that with that mentality it was it was so funny because i was running a session with a varsity college basketball team up here and a kid came in late and he went up to the coach and just said sorry and then sat down and so i like i dissected it in that moment in front of the whole team and i said you know, like, it's great that you apologize, but think of an apology from, you know, an athlete's perspective, right? It's, you're literally saying something to please someone, like, to, yeah, please someone else in that moment. And I, and I, what I was showing them is, like, true empowerment is when you take responsibility for when you made a conscious choice that led you to being late. And so, because, like, coach is like, are you going to apologize to the team? It's like, yeah, I apologize to the team. But if you can guide an athlete, guide anyone to that moment where they made a conscious choice, like, because like for me, I know when I'm late, it's like I'm laying in bed on Instagram for way longer than I want to. I'm, you know, I'm taking my time eating my breakfast. Like there's, I made a conscious choice that led to an outcome that I was like being late. And what ends up happening is like, you know, for me, if I'm late and I'm in traffic, I'm mad at the traffic, but really I'm just mad at myself. so the best way to kind of like cut that anger is to go back to when you made that conscious choice acknowledge it you know become aware of it acknowledge it and then like forgive yourself in that moment and then create a plan moving forward um because i I think i always find like people people like well then how do i just stop blaming it's like okay well (laughs) you gotta you gotta like go back to the moments and acknowledge when you do it and then once you're there, you can kind of reconfigure the next time you're in that moment. We're like, shoot, well, next time I'm laying in bed and I wake up, I can either choose to pick up my phone or I can choose to get right out of bed and put on my, my sweater. Like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, I mean, the pillar of that, or the, I guess, step one for that for sure is mind, having a mindfulness practice and staying yes. present. I mean, you've got to start there so that you're at least conscious of oh i made this decision which led to this so instead of me getting angry at that person i can look at this but you've got to have conscious awareness number step one in recognizing that do you with these teams and athletes do you recommend or facilitate any type of mindfulness practices just to help them get accustomed to what that even means yeah i think the big thing for me because i haven't mastered the breath um i haven't mastered mindfulness in the sense of the traditional practice um but what i encourage every athlete to do is be in stillness Mm -hmm. and be in like nothing um and just sit with their thoughts and recognize their tension and and recognize how their body feels when a certain thought pops up um and so i kind of i guide them through that but the thing is it's different for everybody like there could be mm-hmm. one kid where like expression is his thing and he needs to he needs to get that out and so I'll be like okay I'll like prescribe look in front of the mirror and say x y and z to yourself you know 10 times over until you feel connected to it another kid like there was a football team I was working with a couple weeks ago um his homework was 10 minutes of stillness a day because I, I always ask him I say okay well, what um everyone in here what's your relationship with stillness 
And everyone's like, oh, it's non-existent. I'm always on my phone, listening to music, Netflix, whatever. And I, and I always tell them, your, your relationship with stillness is a direct reflection of your relationship with yourself. So it, it's, it's sitting in that discomfort. And I feel like the next level of, like to me, the next level of that, then once you're in that space where you can be with yourself, then tap into the breath. Once you tap into the breath, then tap into like the next level but for me, like I, I just think like my stillness practice, like last week there was a mo- there was time where I practiced I stillness for three hours. Wow. And so it was like disconnect, airplane mode, everything. But I struggled, right? Yeah. But the idea is constantly going back to that, being intentional, setting aside the time because it's basically for me, I for me, I look at it like I'm giving to myself what I usually give to others time, space, energy, yes. comfort, love, whatever that may be, and just dedicating that same amount of time for myself um, because that, like, that's what I need in order to be my best when I go step in front of a, a team or a, a, a crowd. Absolutely. Um, I, I just went on a complete tangent there. No, yeah, no, no, it's perfect. <laughs> it's, it's totally perfect. But you're so you're so right. It's, I mean, I love that. You're giving to yourself what you give to others. As far as the stillness piece goes, you're right. It's crazy uncomfortable. And I think because there's not a tangible outcome for people, you know, especially as an athlete, you go to the gym, you pump out some weights, and you already feel stronger. Tangible outcome. You go out and hit, a, you know, hit some serves or whatever, get on the field, whatever you do you know what I mean you have a tangible outcome and then with meditation it's like okay I'm sitting here I is this even doing anything I'm all right I have my shopping list I got to do this and then you just start to get more and more annoyed is usually what happens that is like that's everything (laughs) just you being able to sit there and start to recognize the wheels turning you now getting irritated because you're doing this meditation practice, that is where all the magic's gonna happen. And if people just knew and valued that and understood that that is the practice and you're not doing it wrong, you're in fact doing it right, I think people would start to be a little bit more comfortable with the uncomfortable as far with this meditation practice because you're right, if people, they don't value it because they don't know what they're gonna get out of it. Yes. And, and what I love, I mean, the deeper side of that too is when you say like tangible, like we're so used to needing something outside of ourselves to show our proof of work and our proof of worth. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the beauty of stillness is you're going, no, it's not so much the thing as it is the feeling totally. at the end of the thing that I can feel in this moment. Totally. And because I, I, I firmly believe that it's like, you know, if you think of like a, a kid, like even for me when I was a kid, it was like I played Sega Genesis and I like, you know, it was on my computer and I that's how I got my satisfaction. You know, I could play a game, whatever, do all these different things and play sports. Um, but when that goes away, it's like, where can I still get that same satisfaction? And I look at it like think about 1500 years ago, like what what were we doing to get the same feelings? It yes. wasn't video games. It wasn't social media it wasn't sports so like what was it yes yes so that's why i always bring people like i that's why i love the idea of going back to nothing Mm -hmm. if you're just you know in a room with white walls no one else is around you and you're just with you how can you embody that feeling that you desire from something that you want or something that you do yes you're spot on with the feelings and then I think that's another thing where people get tripped up again, especially athletes, you know, we're not supposed to feel or be emotional or, you know, and people a lot lot of times associate feelings with mushy, gushy, whatever, but feelings are everything. They are mushy and gushy. (laughs) But they're everything. They're everything. And I, I talk about this a lot that they're, they're literally energy. You know, everything is an energetic vibration and feelings have their own frequency to them. And a negative emotion is a lower vibration than a higher emotion. So once you start to allow yourself to feel, actually feel, and then recognize that, oh, I'm actually going for this feeling and it feels a little bit different than this feeling over here. 
then it, things become a little bit easier because you start to feel it in your body. And it's, you know, it, that's the interesting thing about athletes that we're so in our body, but we often don't allow ourselves to feel in our body. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's so true. It's so true. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, that's funny. I've never thought about it like that too. I haven't either. It's <laughs> like training. Like, like training. It's like we want our bodies to be the best for training camp but we're not in our bodies. And if it's funny because I remember like at the peak of my training in football, my body was so tight. Yes. And so caved in, but because I felt strong, like, well, felt strong, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't clear or in flow state or whatever. I was just tight. I thought that I was like, I was successful in my training. Yeah. If I think back, I was like, I can enter, like you said, energetically, I was probably putting off some terrible stuff. You know, but I just felt like it was that was the way to just be jacked and tight. Yes. Don't get me wrong, I was not jacked. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah. um, but the idea of like, yeah, being it's so different to strengthen your body versus being in your body. Yeah. You know, like it's so that's so interesting. That yeah. is so interesting, and I've I've honestly never thought about that until just this like right now too. We put so much value on our muscles building our muscles making our physical body so big but people don't understand that you have an energetic body you literally have a field of energy that surrounds you and it can create blockages so your physical body you might have these big ass muscles and you might feel really strong but if you've got an energetic blockage where you're holding on to this dense emotion in one way or another it often is going to turn out into an injury or some kind of illness or physical pain. And that's where a lot of people don't know that yet. They just don't know that your energy is everything. And if you start to feel your feelings more, I always say that's step one, is allowing yourself to actually feel, oh, I actually am feeling this negative emotion. I think I've been holding on to this. Let me dive into that for a second. And usually it's, you know, our self-worth has stumbled along the way or we've, identified too much in one thing and that thing isn't giving it to us anymore whatever it may be if you don't allow yourself to go there and feel that it's going to stay there 100 percent. and i love what you're saying there's there's two things i want to say there's one i when i was i broke my ribs in uh in football i got hit right in the in the, the ribs and i like i, I felt it immediately like something really hurt and i went up to my coach and I was like, Coach, like, I really feel like uh, something happened. He's like, Vince, it's football. Everybody gets hit, whatever. And so I kept it in. I kept yeah. playing with broken ribs. Oh, like, shit. Like, think about that, right? It's oh. so, like you could puncture a lung. You could do all these different things. And oh, I got man. to a point where I got hit again, and I'm like, I'm done. Like, I can't do this. But if you think about it, that's why we suppress our emotion. Yep. Because the person who literally is in our way of our validation, because think about it, he's the one that makes the decision. For yep. me to play or not if i play like i'm using my logical mind towards love when i was in university if he allows if he allows me to play i'm closer to love yeah if he doesn't allow me to play i'm further away from love so i'm going to do logically i'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that he knows that i can get closer to love yeah so i'm going to keep this injury in i'm going to keep my feelings in i'm going to keep all this stuff in i look back now i'm like vince come on like why, why can you just stop <laughs> But how are you to know? You know, you're don't. you don't. You're following the leadership, and you're following your your teammates, and you're just you know you're doing what you're told and what everybody else is doing. How are you to know? Hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then because the, the other thing I wanted to say was what I teach kids, and like I tell everybody this, but the kids, you know, the green pipes in Super Mario. Yeah. Okay, so sometimes he can go down them, and sometimes he can't. Right. Yeah. So sometimes they're blocked, sometimes they're clear. I believe we are all these like pipes of love. And the idea is love is always flowing through us, but if we're tight and we're tense and we're stressed, love can't come through. Uh, yes. And, and the idea is if it can't if it can't come through us, it can't go out to those around us. Yep. And so the idea is once you recognize and all it takes is awareness and recognition. If I find tension in my chest and I'm like, and I just sit with it. Yes. And you know, if you just sit with it to a point where you're like, oh, 
and you breathe into it and you relax. Now you you you're unclogging your pipes. Totally. And you're you're that's literally the plunger to clear all this garbage out of there. The other one is crying. Crying is a massive release. You know Huge. this. Scre- for me, screaming. Mm-hmm. So I in my car, I'll be driving, and if I feel anger or whatever, I'll scream three times at the top of my lungs, and just like and each time get more and more connected to it. And by the end, I just feel like oh. I've let it out because there's so many times where even me, when I, I talk about love all the time, I talk about positivity, all this, there's moments where like I feel negative mm-hmm. and I'll convince myself that it's not positive. Mm-hmm. But what I'm doing is I'm further express, I'm further suppressing myself by not acknowledging and um, embracing what I'm feeling. Totally. And, and you're spot on with that. A lot of a lot of times I think people, when, you know, they hear this type of conversation, it's like, oh, what, we're just going to be all positive all the time yeah. and it's butterflies and rainbows and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's not it at yeah. all. <laughs> you know, we might be reaching for that or trying to get to that, but really that's not the goal because we're having a human experience and part of the human experience is to feel all emotions. And once you are, allow yourself that you're able to process the negative emotions a lot more quickly and then move on. But if you don't allow yourself to process them and feel them in your body, because usually they actually do show up physically somewhere in your body. Like you said, you feel it in your chest. Usually stress, anger, it shows up in the body. But again, you've got to be conscious, number one, present, and then you have to allow yourself to feel. And But through the process of feeling it, like you're saying, you're releasing it. And I think if athletes and coaches understood that through this feeling process, you are gaining back energy. You know, I love your analogy of that, uh, the flow of love. Love is one of the highest frequencies. If you have that flowing through you, you have immense energy to work with. And you can do... Infinite. You can do so much that you didn't even know you were maybe capable of. And you amplify that on a team now you've got all of your players which it's you know how contagious it is on a team if you've got a player who's super negative it spreads like wildfire same thing can happen with a positive emotion if you've got all your players now circulating this high frequency emotion now they're all can you know it's being amplified on the team it's like you could you don't even know what you're capable of if you've got that energy flowing Yes, 100%. 100%. And what I love about that too is I get the challenge I get from athletes. They go, well, if, I'm lo- if I love on the field, then I won't be my same aggressive self or whatever. Right. It's like, no, the thing is with love is it, it'll, it creates infinite possibilities within yourself. So if yeah. you have the capability to play with aggression, to play with passion, to totally. play with all those things, it will come out. And I always, the, how I kind of counter that is I go, um, do you play better when when you're mad at someone? And you're like, yeah, of course, all the time. Like I hear it all the time. So I go, great. So what you're saying is you playing at your best is actually out of your control because you're waiting for someone to be mad at you. But the thing with love is like you can tap into. It's like a switch, right? Yeah. You can tap, when you know where that thing sits. When you know what that feeling is, you can go back to it, flick it like a switch. And then you light up like a freaking Christmas tree. Hell yes. And you are your best self as an athlete. Totally. I firmly believe that. Firmly believe that. Totally, totally. Because if you, again, you've allowed yourself to feel these emotions, you now know what they are. You have the awareness of what that feeling actually feels like. Through that practice, you can totally dive into whatever feelings you need to to get you pumped up to perform. And again, this goes back to the empowerment piece. By you saying it like you're saying, I need to be mad at someone to play my best. You've taken the power away from yourself. I love that you said that because it's 100% true. You've taken all power away from yourself and you've given it to somebody else. And through this practice, through your the same practices that it sounds like you're coaching, you're able to now gain this awareness of your feelings. And only through that practice and awareness of what it actually feels like can you then, like you're saying, step into the feeling of whatever that optimal feeling is for you to perform. That's so cool. God, I just love what you're doing. 
<laughs> you're, you're saying the exact same thing. It's, it's a reflection of you. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's so awesome, though. I mean, it, seriously, I commend you so much for taking this to not any athletes, but football players is just the craziest thing. I mean, you're going head on into a sport that really, I don't think, has anything to do with a whole lot of love. <laughs> it's true. It's but true, they. But they need it's it. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Oh, course. it's totally possible. Totally possible. And I, like we've been talking about, I think the more that coaches will start to understand this work and see it as valuable, you know, yes, for the sport, yes, for success, but really let's look at the athlete as a whole being. How are, how are we going to treat this athlete when they're done with their sport? You know, yeah. rather than just throwing them out on the field and then spitting them out when they're done, hopefully coaches will start to embody this work for the value of the player's life in general. Yeah, and, and the, the only thing else I want to say about that is I think some people some people believe that you need to do that when the sport's done. It's mm-hmm. like, when the sport's done, we'll show them that we care about them by creating this. If you don't care about them right now, in this moment, them as an athlete, they're not going to feel cared for when they leave. So it's important that they understand it doesn't have to be an after-sport thing. It, it, it can be an in-sport thing yeah. of like, honing in and caring about that individual and I, the people it's just a, it could be a generalization but I, I've, re, I've noticed that the people who hire me that really understand my work are the ones that have understood themselves within that process or have been aware of themselves within that process you know because I find that in the people who challenge me you could sense that they're, they don't really have a, a sense of self-discovery or, or that kind of thing and I'm not like, I'm not blaming I'm not saying like you know it's because of them or whatever but the idea, you just get a feeling of like the people, like we were talking about, the people who are connected at the heart to this lesson, they're like, oh my gosh, I wish I had this. Yeah. Let's bring, let's bring in, because this, this is important. Yeah. But then there's people who are like, I don't understand, why do you want to come in and talk about love? Uh, what does that have to do with anything? No, but it actually has everything to do with everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think you're right that there, it does require a certain level of consciousness to even have this conversation or accept this conversation. And usually when, when someone kind of projects back to you when you try to open this dialogue up with either fear or um, defensiveness, you know, usually that's their ego is trying to protect protect them and I think that's an important thing for some people for everyone to know that anytime that fear comes up or you're asked to engage in this type of work and you notice you're feeling a little tense or you feel like oh this is uncomfortable just acknowledge that and send that feeling a lot of love because usually that's either your ego or your inner child saying whoa 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 whoa, whoa. we don't do this this is different and because this is different, we're going to make you feel really weird about it. And we're not going to do it. <laughs> 100%. So acknowledge that and then just lean into it and send it some love, right? And, and that's, I, I tell all my athletes this, like, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Like, you have to feel that terrible feeling of, like, resentment, anger, whatever, before you start to give it love. Because mm-hmm. if you if you you can't give something love if you haven't felt it and embraced it. Yes. You know, so if, if that's really important because I, I think a lot of people are like, oh, so I just say that I, I love myself and then the game's over, like we figure it out. It's like no, there's there's pieces to this, but it's really important yeah. to, you know, all those feelings that you've been holding in all this time, they're gonna come out and they may not be something that's pleasant, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And circling back to what we were saying before, it's that's. The biggest piece is that you've got to allow yourself to feel them. And this isn't just like a happy-go-lucky conversation and we're done. This is allowing yourself to go there. Go to the dark side. Feel the feeling so that you can fully release it. And allow yourself to feel it. You know, some people are under the impression that that's a bad thing to have these negative emotions. It's all good. Yes. All of it. <laughs> it's all Everything. good. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Oh man, well this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot thank you. commend you enough for having not only just the the brain and the 
everything to put this all together, but to get the wheels turning and then to actually get some teams. I mean, you've just been a wild success with this. And obviously I know why, but to get people who involved in this, who do not do any of this work is uberly, uberly. I don't know if that's a word, but crazy. It's a word, damn it. (laughs) Uberly impressive because it's, it is, it's wildly impressive that you're able to facilitate these amazing conversations and hold space for these athletes that probably have not had that in their life at all. So I commend you and I'm super inspired by you and I'm very happy that we got to connect. Thank you. Me too. And I, I really appreciate it because I, I see my reflection in you and vice versa, right? Like, I think we're firing each other up because you believe the same things. So it's, it's great. Absolutely. It's great. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Vince. Where can uh, listeners find your work? Uh, so on Instagram, it's at The Legacy Coaching. On Facebook, it's The Legacy Coaching. And then my website is thelegacycoaching.com. And then if any teams or um, one on, do you offer one-on-one coaching as well? If yeah, any, I, I, I say that for um, professional athletes. Um, awesome. But that's, yeah, it's, awesome. it's there. It's there. Okay, cool, cool. Well, thank you so much again. I so appreciate you. Of course, you as well. Alrighty, as you can tell, I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation with Vince. He and I are so much on the same page. It's fun to connect with somebody who is doing this type of work and really impacting people in a major, major way. So again, please check out Vince. Find him on Instagram or Facebook. And I would love to know if you know of any athletes or coaches who are interested in this work or who are talking about this type of stuff, I would love to have them on the podcast. So if you want to shoot me a DM on Instagram at Hannah L. Holiday, I'll add a link in the show notes. I would love to get in contact with some athletes and coaches who are interested in this work or who are already doing this type of work. I would love to have more conversations like this to bring this type of work to athletes so that it becomes more of the norm. That is, that's my goal here. I would love that. So let me know if you have any suggestions or ideas or just want to chat. I'd love to chat. Alrighty, and as always, if you have no idea where to start with any of this work, just start with your breath. Just start to pay attention to those inhales and exhales. Start to become a little bit more comfortable with your mind, with your body, through your breath. Okay, on that note, go ahead and inhale and exhale, and I'll catch you on the other side.